Hi folks, Andres here. We want to help you learn all about Barcelona. That's why you can listen to this episode in the Circa app for iPhone and get all the show notes, pictures, maps, and links you need to find everything we tell you about in this Barcelona guide. Best of all, in the Circa app, you can message a Circa concierge. You can get any question answered by real people here in Barcelona. Where does CFC Barca play? How to use a metro? Where to eat a delicious seafood paella on the beach right now? We're giving you a friend to ask anywhere in the world. And who knows, you might even get to talk to me. For limited time, the Circa Travel app is completely free. Get it in the App Store right now or at circatravel.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to Circa. In this episode, we will be listing a lot of dishes, restaurants, and more in delicious Barcelona. There's a lot here, but don't worry. There will be maps, notes, and info on the places mentioned in these guides in the Circa app as well as the other full guide episodes to this wonderful city. So, whether you're in Barcelona, heading there right now, or sometime in the near future, or would just like to learn all about a food culture that shaped this city, you're in the right place. This is what we do. So just sit back, put your headphones on, and enjoy the ride. Let's eat. Circa, love the world you live in, and we'll help you explore it. We're on the hills just outside of Barcelona and Coiserona, a national park high up and to the northeast edge of the city. It's filled with hiking paths, weekend wanderers, the fattest wood pigeons you've ever seen, and very confident packs of javali a grunting, grumpy, and sometimes dangerous kind of wild boar. The ground is soft and the air is fresh, and we're rugged up and walking about 20 minutes uphill, away from a little town called Les Planes, towards Mirador de Cancases, a 16th century farmhouse turned restaurant. Like happens in a lot of Mediterranean cities, Barcelona is a place where you might be eating breakfast while talking about lunch, while contemplating dinner. It's a region where towns are famous for one type of produce or another, and people will go out of their way to get it. Hiking included. It's also become a place where once staunch rules about food and the protection of tradition have been turned upside down with Michelin-star plates from the best avant-garde, mind-bending restaurants in the world. But today, at Mirador de Cancases, which literally translates to the view from the house, we're here for Calzotada. If Ferran Adria's undeniable El Bulli, five times named the best restaurant in the world, was the Rolls Royce of cuisine, then the Calzotada, a traditional Catalan barbecue, is the old vintage car with comfy seats and an engine that never dies. 
At least a hundred people are inside and outside the old stone farmhouse. They're all wearing white bibs tucked into their shirts and jumpers. The plastic tables covered in red paper cloth. The air smells wonderful. That Sunday feeling that only burning wood barbecues and chilly air can create. The calzot. Allium sepa. A long onion from El Valles near Tarragona, south of Barcelona, it resembles something between a small leek and a shallot. Mild in flavor, it runs bright white at the bulb to a flushed deep green at the tips. Hundreds of them are grilled until they're charred, wrapped in newspaper, and then eaten in unbelievable quantities. A man called Adria Vegjin holds the record. 310 of them all dipped into a rich romesco sauce made from red peppers, sun-dried tomatoes, garlic, and almonds. He did it in 45 minutes, by the way. This seasonal feast, which can take place any weekend you like, from about the end of November till around April, usually ends messy. Tradition dictates standing while you eat, stripping the blackened, burned onions with your bare hands, dipping them in a romesco sauce, and lowering them in your open mouth or someone else's. It's all super classy. I mean, this is not fine dining, but my God, is it filthy good fun. Then, just as you think you're about to burst, out come the lamb chops, sausage, and beautifully crisped pork. Cava, red wine, endless conversation. A calzotada is a heavy, beautiful joy, and one that says much about the personality of this part of the world. When eating here, the food, is only the tip of the iceberg. I'm Neil Linnis. And I'm Andres Bartos. We live here in Barcelona, where we produce and host a documentary travel podcast called Passport. And in this episode of our guide to our city of Barcelona, we're going to show you that it isn't all sangria, bravas, and paella, but it is a place where you can get all of those things and you can get them done right. Here, the truly traditional and the way out there can be a little hard to find in all of the foodie blog noise and angry TripAdvisor reviews. So get ready to fill your belly on the best tips and experiences in one of the culinary capitals of Europe. What is Catalan cuisine? The northeast of Spain is a perfect place to eat. The Mediterranean Sea means incredible fresh seafood any day of the week. It has almost year-round sunshine, which brings the tastiest and most colorful fruits and vegetables. To the north, the Pyrenees Mountains are known for their rich, hearty stews and cured meats and some of the best tinned goods, or conservas, in the world. La Scala a beach town up the coast has the best sardines and anchovies on the planet. The Delta del Ebre to the south grows some of the best rice on earth, nicknamed bomba. It's the only kind you should be making paella with, by the way. The quality of the free-range meat and poultry in Catalonia is unbelievable. There are 54 Michelin star restaurants in the region, and Barcelona alone boasts 10,000 dining experiences. Also, the city has 40 marketplaces selling this fantastic produce six days a week. And these markets are filled with places to sample some of the best stall food on the continent. Hey, listen, we're going to be dropping a bunch of names we know. But please, put away your pencil 
Our notes in the app will feature the places mentioned in this episode along with photos and maybe a couple of recipes too. We've got you covered. Just sit back and enjoy the ride. Barcelona is a perfect melting pot for culinary excellence. Here, the chefs, scholars and foodies are lucky enough to have a Catalan cookbook written in 1324 still in print. The Book of Sensovi is in fact one of the oldest surviving culinary manuscripts of its kind. It's a unique glimpse into the world of ancient cookery, and it can be quite a scary read. Kid meets stew. I'm guessing they mean goat. Piglet pluck? Broom pudding. Hmm, uh, bristly. Eel sauce. Oof, yuck. And rabbit boiled in vinegar. Hmm. Yeah, some of these seem pretty uh, iffy. But it does give us a brilliant starting point as to how Catalan food became Catalan cuisine. With Iberian, Greek, Roman, and Arab roots, the food back then relied on local ingredients from the coast to the inland mountain farms. It still does. Fresh vegetables included tomato, garlic, eggplant, peppers, and artichokes. Lashings of olive oil and legumes, huge amounts of wild mushrooms and nuts, pork products, sausages, bacon chops, sheeps and goat's cheese, chicken and lamb from the fields, and sardines, anchovy, tuna, and cod from the warm sea. But also from the port. Barcelona was once an important port city, and so it was also easy to find more exotic ingredients. In this ancient book I'm holding, you'll find recipes with ginger, mace, cinnamon, saffron, and cloves from distant lands. Basically, for centuries, Catalonia has been carefully jotting down their recipes. There are so many historical cookbooks that the region's cuisine has been nominated for UNESCO's Cultural Heritage List. Starting the day. Spain is obsessed with food, but in particular, lunch. To be honest, breakfast in Catalonia are often sad, bad coffeed, dry muffin, digestive biscuited, and acidic orange juice affairs. There is the option of jamón ibérico on a baguette and a caña. That's a draft beer. In Barcelona, it's not uncommon or shameful even to see older married couples on terraces at 8 a.m. having a cold one reading the local papers. But overall, it has to be said that, for the most part, the continental breakfast sucks. So our advice, save your calories and skip it. Here's what you really want. The word brunch has slowly made its presence known in the city, and there are now many places that are exceptions to the bad breakfast rule. Most of them have been started by expats and made successful by an international Instagramming millennial crowd. The American-owned Milk Bar and Bistro in the Gothic Quarter considers itself the city's brunch pioneer, and we can't argue. From 9 a.m. every day, you can get stuck into a plate of huevos rancheros, breakfast burgers, bagels, or a full English breakfast. And you're in one of the city's most historic neighborhoods. This place, in fact, used to be a tower reader and an absinthe bar. 
Started by a couple of Aussies back in 2010, Federal is a trendy open San Antonio cafe serving up pancakes, eggs benedict, and shakshuka. Head upstairs to the roof terrace or plan your day tripping at the big downstairs communal working table. There's also Picnic, which is a walk from the excellent and unmissable Picasso Museum in Auburn. This place needs a booking and it's adored by locals and travelers alike. Started by a Chilean and an American couple, you can imagine the fusion of flavors on offer here. The huge extra spicy Bloody Mary is a must to wash down some excellent pulled pork chilaquiles with guacamole and poached eggs. The disappointment that breakfast often is in Spain is a thing of the past. But part of the reason the light breakfast is popular here is because locals know that lunch in Spain is often the highlight of the day. And if it's a good one, the highlight of the week or month or year. But don't worry, you've got time. Lunch here starts at 2 or 3 p.m. Oh, but you know what? There's another meal in between breakfast and lunch. In fact, it's somewhere between brunch and lunch. And it rocks. Vermut, the ultimate pre-lunch tradition. In Barcelona, you don't drink vermouth, you do vermouth. Fer al vermouth. And if you overdo it, vermouth does you. La hora de vermouth is basically any time between 11 and lunch. Here, vermouth, as it should be and will be pronounced from here on in, means a few snacks and an ice-cold glass or two of this now incredibly stylish, sweet, and bitter fortified wine. In Barcelona, this is not a drink from your grandma's liquor cabinet. It's often paired with crunchy potato chips, anchovies, olives, perhaps a Russian salad or some croquetas, which are breaded and deep-fried explosions of ham, cheese, or seafood. Once you vermouth properly, you will never go back to brunch. To do it right, we're going to go to Poblasek, an old, slanted, but charming working-class neighborhood at the foot of Montjuic. That's the city's southern green hill. Poblasek is the historic center of the drink in the city, and it's slightly less touristy and more earthy than the rest of the city center. If you only know the drink as a mixer or via James Bond or the Rat Pack, you should know that here, it inspires really strong emotions. It's a drink with secret recipes, guarded by tight-lipped concoctors, and sometimes it contains more than 100 separate ingredients. Often, even the alcohol percentage is an unknown quantity. It can be anywhere from 15 to 25%. Here, you drink it slowly, straight, over ice, with a slice of orange and an olive, sometimes with a squirt of soda water, or sifo. Anywhere you go, ask for a vermouth de la casa, y una botella de sifón. Depending on the place, you might get a small glass, a tall glass, a fat glass, or a ludicrously large one, usually for about two or three euros a glass. Bermud is practically an emblem of the city, but especially in this neighborhood, Poblasek, ironically translated into English, the dry town. So the Sec is still a place for working locals, me and Neil included. If you've lived here even for a while, you can't walk two blocks without stopping to talk to a neighbor. The people of Poblasek love to talk, and the best place to do that here 
has always been around a barrel in an old bodega. So here are our picks. On a weekend, head to Calmarino and see our friend Edu. It's on Calle Margarita. This cozy haunt, complete with a piano, rows of barrels, and a bohemian atmosphere, is a neighborhood classic. It's also filled with craft beers, regional wines, cheeses, and great little plates. Try the potatoes with sea salt and a triplet of knockout salsas. Chances are, we'll see you there. Arguably one of the most famous places for vermouth in the world is Quimet y Quimet. With more than 100 years of family history, this is a tiny, packed, standing-room-only hole in the wall. You'll find the gray-haired, smiling man behind the counter is Kim. His grandfather, also named Kim, opened this place in 1914 to sell his own wine. Since then, it's developed a reputation as one of the best tapa experiences in the city. There are 30 little snacks to choose from and about the same amount of montaditos. Those are little crunchy open sandwiches. Salmon sashimi with cream cheese, honey and soy, tuna belly and sea urchin, passata and black olive pate. Ask him, ¿qué está bueno hoy? What's good today? His answer is always the same. Todo. Everything. He's not wrong. There's nearly always a queue, so get there at 10 to 12 on the dot or just before 6 p.m. when it reopens after a really long siesta. Seriously. While in Poble Sec, you should wander down Carrer Blay, a busy walking street filled with pincho bars and terraces. Pinchos are another Spanish snacking favorite. They're originally from San Sebastián in the north of the country. These small, bite-sized creations of solomillo or sirloin, if you like, tortilla, chorizo, peppers, usually on bread held together with a toothpick, and they're all lined up on top of the bar. There are literally hundreds of different kinds. This is self-service, so just take what you want. Keep your toothpicks, and at the end, they'll bill you based on the number and sometimes color of the toothpicks left on your plate. The best places to try are La Tasqueta, Cosca, and Blind Nine for the best-looking little snacks in the hood. Or all three. They're only a minute's walk from each other. Poblesec is crammed with places to eat. And, as it's our neighborhood, we'll put a list and more info in the notes. My God, we haven't even gone to lunch yet. Whoa, whoa, but before we do, there is an ultimate lunch. A lunch that deserves its own story and its own place in this episode. One that everyone in their right and left mind must try while in Barcelona. And one that so many visitors just get completely wrong. Paella, and the other paella. If the Mediterranean coast is synonymous with one dish, it's paella. So let's use it to illustrate breaking the rules. Paella by the sea at least once is a must-do when visiting the city. Terraces lining Barceloneta are filled with people digging into huge pans of this dish. Paella is actually the name of the dish and the pan in which it's served. It's an unavoidable and incredibly slow, joyous, luxurious lunch. And if you want to look like a local, never dinner. Never. 
It is said that this dish perfectly represents the two defining cultures that made it. The Romans who brought the pan and the Arabs who brought the rice. Paella is a Valencian dish, which became popular in the 19th century, made in a shallow pan over fire. Originally from the farmlands surrounding Valencia, an artsy beach city three and a half hours drive from Barcelona. The dish was originally made by farmers with fat bomba rice, fish or meat stock, and whatever meat and veggies were at hand. The real secret to a good one is perfecting the sucarrat, which is slightly toasting the rice on the bottom of the pan and keeping the top half moist. It's a delicate balancing act. The joke is that making paella should be like making love. <laughs> Slowly, attentively, and with great patience. But ultimately, what you put into it is up to you. But not chorizo. Never chorizo. The truth is there are more recipes for paella than there are chefs. So, for brevity, let's stick with the five most requested. There's the Valenciana. This is the traditional Valencian paella with rabbit, chicken, and green and white beans. You got the mixta. It's a mix of seafood, mussels, prawns, and meat, chicken, rabbit. I mean, it's popular, but mainly among tourists. Some paella purists may come after you if you order this. Next is arroz caldoso. This is my favorite, a more decadent seafood paella, which often comes with lobster and langoustines and it's characteristically more soupy. A richer, wetter rice dish. You can always go for a vegetariana. No meat or fish stock, and usually made with artichokes, lima beans, red and green peppers. Lastly, and most striking, is the arroz negro, literally black rice. A seafood paella flavored with pitch black squid ink, which tastes like the ultimate umami shot to the mouth. It's bold and striking, and make sure you check your smile after this one. But wait, let's go back to breaking rules, breaking the tradition, because the wild card is also one of the best. Here we're talking about fideuá, a sort of cousin to Spain's national dish, usually with monkfish, cuttlefish or squid, crayfish and prawns, cooked in stock, but with more short pasta instead of rice. Toasted at the bottom, moist on top. And to top it off, huge amounts of aioli. A thick, delicious, and powerful garlic mayonnaise. The story goes that in the early 1900s, a fishing boat's cook named Sabalo was tired of the captain devouring his and many other crew members' rations of paella. Sabalo changed the recipe one day from rice to short pasta to shock and dissuade the skipper and his appetite. His plan failed, because fideuá is delicious and rebellious, a joke that became a legend. So when you're here, try it out, just to be different. All around the city, there are places which proudly put large photo menus out on the sidewalk to try to lure in people for average rice dishes. Avoid anywhere, with a waiter outside bugging people to come in and eat or with photos of dishes. A good rule of thumb for most places in the world, I'd say. Instead, go to Can Ross in Barceloneta, Barcelona's once fishing village on the seafront. This place is one of the oldest restaurants in town and is popular with both locals and visitors. Book ahead 
for pro staff, a bounty of incredible seafood starters, and some great local wine. For views of the city and the coastline, head to Martinez on Monjuic. You can ride the funicular up there from Parallel Metro, or take a cab, or walk to work up an appetite. Excellent seafood, tapas and desserts, and great service. You can wander the beautiful parks up there after. Go to Jacin Verdaguer and lie down by the pond for a snooze. Trust us, you won't be alone. If you find yourself away from the sea with a hankering for paella, in the barrios of Les Cortes, Gracia, or San Antonio, you can try out Chativa. All establishments are cool as hell. In repurposed spaces, they have more than 20 different rice dishes. It's a chain, but it's great, and it allows the opportunity for fantastic paellas without trekking over to the coast. For a weekday paella among the locals, head to Restaurant San Juan in the Echample. Their Thursday paella is a well-kept city secret, and you just might be the only traveler there. After more than a decade of living here, I finally made my first paella. Monkfish, prawns, squid. It turned out pretty good. If you can make an authentic one at home for friends, it won't be forgotten. So while you're here, why not pop on an apron and try a different experience? You can learn how to cook the dish with paella experts in various beautiful kitchens all over the city. Though dinner paellas are not really a done thing, we recommend you once again break the rules just this once and book a three-hour workshop in English in the evening with a Michelin-experienced chef at the Paella Club on Dr. Dao in the Raval neighborhood of the city. It's about 90 euros per person. And after you've cooked, you can sit at their huge table with your new chef friends and bottomless Catalan wine and expertly prepared seasonal starters and desserts. It's a great beginning to a night on the tiles in the city's former red light district. Hi everyone, Circa's recruiting new concierges. A Circa concierge is a friend to ask anywhere in the world. Real people, on the ground, never bots. If you want to be a concierge for your city, go to circatravel.com to sign up. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. A huge lunch and life-saving menu del día. If you eat out in the evening in Barcelona, the chances are most of your fellow diners will be from elsewhere. But at lunchtime, most will be locals. Part of the reason for this is the life-saving, wallet-friendly menu del día. An unremovable staple stuck right in the center of the story of food in Spain. The rules are simple. Monday to Friday, you can get a starter, a main, and a dessert with a complimentary glass of wine or beer and a coffee for between 10 and 20 euros. 
you'll see these set menus scrolled on the back of blackboards outside restaurants all over the city. But even if you can't see it written anywhere, just ask a waiter. Tenéis menú? Your leather-bound list of delights will be replaced with a single piece of scrappy paper and a plastic sheet with handwritten options of what's fresh and on offer today. It's exceptional value, and if you know where to go, it can be really, really good. Me and Andres have spent many long afternoons in Mari Irufo, just beside the Santa Catarina Market in El Bon. They usually don't display a menu del dia, but they do have one. Just ask. This place is pure joy. The titular owners are both mad and incredible. Everyone who works there is in the family. Fresh produce is an understatement. Seafood and meat is bought 10 meters away at one of the oldest markets in the city. The quality is exceptional, and so it's sometimes a little more pricey than a regular menu del dia, but it's always worth it. Try the beautiful popo dish. That's octopus, flame-grilled and colorfully presented with purple flowers and a plankton sauce, or any of the seafood specials. This place is local, cramped, loud, chaotic, and somehow both traditional and eclectic. Not many travelers here, but you are always welcome. A perfect representation of family food in the city. You can find many of these paper tablecloth places dotted all over the place. They're called caseras or casulanas in Catalan. Family-owned places that feel like you're eating really good home-cooked food with la familia. Look for restaurants with chalkboards outside beginning with can, which means house or home. Often grandma is literally in the kitchen. Mama is the boss, and los hijos y las hijas son, well, they're the wait staff. In these places, things can get as intense as they do in a real Mediterranean family's kitchen. So be prepared for a real glimpse into Catalan family life, which most travelers don't see. For another example, looks can be deceiving at the family-owned Can Maño in the beachfront barrio of Barceloneta. Two permanently open wooden shutters either side of a pretty uninviting metal door. But forget the presentation. Head inside and feel the simple local warmth and excellent plates of fish. Ice-cold beer and fresh seafood is what this place is all about. Hake, mackerel, anchovies, sardines, and cuttlefish. All fresh as the morning. You can also try some of their pretty good house wine served in porrons a kind of decanter-shaped bottle with a long spout. You just have to get the angle right, and you pour it directly into your mouth. No glass needed, but maybe a serviette or two. If you're up in Gracia, arguably the city's trendiest neighborhood, Can Cudina is a fantastic casero lunch spot, and one with a near-century-old history. After three generations of ownership, this place continues unabated with a new and respectful local owner. Politicians, footballers, movie stars, and locals have been spotted here since 1931. Marble tables, granite bar, and wooden stools. It's just beautiful. This is a great tapas bar to try some of the most popular plates of shareable food in the city. Bravas, peppers, Escalivada, that's smoked eggplant and bell peppers, or deep-fried calamari. Plus, they do some of the best croquetas ever. For bigger plates, you've got some choosing to do. From incredible grilled prawns and octopus to tripe stew 
and pig's trotters in a spicy tomato sauce. Be brave. You might like it. As with breakfast, in breaking out of the traditional mold, the city has also embraced world cuisine using fresh local ingredients. Ramen, curry and sushi places are plentiful in the city. But a new wave of barbecue joints is perhaps the biggest surprise. Catalans love a good barbecue. There are even whispers of this place quickly becoming the meaty capital of Europe with trendy places popping up, riding on the smoker-loving hipster wave, which crashed a while back. Try Fat Barbies or La Malandrina to get a great taste of just how good it can be. The ranch smokehouse on Ronda Universitat packs a meaty punch too. Again, looks are deceiving. This place looks very American, but it is in fact owned and operated by two Catalan brothers and their mother greeting you at the door. Trust us, this is one of the heaviest forget your afternoon family affair food comas around. Vegans and vegetarians, Barcelona has got your lunch covered too. Teresa Carles near Macba and the CCCB, Raval's contemporary galleries, it's a good choice after strolling the mind-bending world of modern art. Or head to fat veggies in the Eixample, Sopa in Poblenou, or Vegitalia with eateries in Bourne, the Gothic Quarter, and the Raval. Barcelona's perfect working-class lunch, that menu del dia, which the city has elevated to an art form, means eating here takes time. But the Catalans will argue that's the only way to eat. Plus, after this amazing lunch, the afternoon brings a lazy little treasure. The siesta. Napping after lunch was once a Spanish national obsession. It's never been huge in Catalonia, but still, a lot of restaurants and local shops will close for a few hours after lunch and then reopen around 5 p.m. There is talk of the siesta dying out here because, well, you know, modern life. But I've taken many on a summer weekend. And sneaking one in after a big lunch is a simple joy, which if done right, you'll really appreciate later. Historically, it was a way for workers to take a break from the hot afternoon sun. But now, especially here, while visiting, it's a luxury. Look for somewhere close to home base to eat your epic lunch, take your time, and then on the walk home, you can look forward to some afternoon delight. And then when you're done with that, you can have a siesta. A few rules. Number one, drink a lot of water before lying down for your well-earned nap. Number two, set your alarm. 40 minutes is all you need. Anything more than an hour and you may never recover depending on your meal and your level of fitness. More than that for me often means that my day is completely ruined. Number three, air conditioning. It will help you not wake up in a big, hot mess. Number four, do it naked. Always. You heard me. Naked. Number five, shower, dress, 
and get out of your accommodation and into the fresh air as soon as possible. You'll want to see the sunset and be properly revived and prepared for a long Barcelona evening. Food after dark. With all those slow-release carbs in your body as you wander the city, the sky bruises into a pale orange canopy. The streetlights flicker on, and Barcelona takes on a whole new charm. The Gothic Quarter's cobbled stone streets look amazing in the moonlight, and you can get lost in the maze of alleyways there. Just keep an eye out for pickpockets, and keep your phone somewhere safe. Barcelona is not dangerous in the grand scheme of things. But the thieves, the carteristas, as they're known, are many. And worst of all, they're good. A walk along the many coved beaches on the city front is a good option post-nap. And maybe a clara, if you fancy it, at any of the chiringuitos or beach bars. It's one-third lemonade, two-thirds beer, on the beach at dusk for some people watching. These places may charge tourist prices for a drink, but when in Barcelona... 9 p.m. till 11-ish is a fair time for dinner in the city, especially if you're here when the nights are hot and humid. Another reason that lunch is treated with such reverence. The local thing to do if you're off for an evening meal is to choose something a little lighter or shareable from the menu. Maybe a bar cañete in the Raval, just off Las Ramblas. You'll have to book. This was one of my favorite spots for special occasions when I first moved to the city. It's a slick, Beautiful long bar with excellent plates and attentive, pristine waitstaff. Cañete has perfected these dishes over many years, and some of them come with a price tag to match. Even their gazpacho, a cold tomato soup, is about five euros. After that, you can taste beautiful plates of scallops, mussels, and a fantastic tuna tataki, but for meat lovers, their 25 euro filet steak with foie and truffle is the star dish get it to share. For more regional fare, Can Margarite is an excellent secret dinner spot, which is only a short walk from Plaza España. It has a mountain of rustic charm, dark wood in ancient furniture against rough, bright walls and candlelight. If you're hungry, this place is great for a serious Catalan affair amongst local families with emphasis on mushrooms, snails, rabbit stew, and some excellent lamb chops. It's only open in the evening, but it's a really solid and cheap local meal with great produce. On the flip side, of course, if you would like to really blow out your evening and your credit card in true style, there are a couple of prestigious three Michelin star restaurants here. La Sarte, in the gorgeous Monument Hotel on Passage de Gracia, and Jordi Cruz's Abac, which is outside the city center at the foot of Tibidabo in La Bonanova. There are three different menus to choose from at each place, ranging from 130 euros at La Sarte to 230 euros per person at Abac. Dishes like smoked steak tartar, something called seasoned beef snow, scallop sandwich with creamy raw celery, turnip and artichoke foam salad, and roast sole and stewed lentils and potatoes with red pepper ensure a night of mind-boggling new aromas and flavors. 
These are considered two of the best restaurants on the planet. And both are for serious trip planners only. Book way in advance just to be sure and prepare yourself for a food experience you'll never forget. A cocktail or two. The nightlife in Barcelona is as eclectic as its food scene. It's famous worldwide and always has a little something for everyone. From grimy dive bars and speakeasies to luxury clubbing experiences and boat parties. Here, a traditional chatty post-dinner nightcap in the summer months with friends is the go-to. And luckily, there are many fantastic cocktail bars dotted all over the city. And after a couple of them, who knows where the night might take you. The Caribbean Club in the Raval is a rum lover's paradise, and the legendary charm of barman Juanjo González Ruyera has ensured that this place has held on to a huge amount of its local regulars and hard liquor obsessives. But he's also an open book for visitors on where to eat and drink in the city. A cocktail genius whose daiquiris and old fashions are revered. Or you can just tell him what you're into, and he'll nail a custom cocktail for you every time. In El Born, there's the tiny, charming ginger. Also, there's the swankier-looking mamaine, if you want to get a little more creative with your liquor. In Gracia, there's elephant and old-fashioned, both specializing in gin cocktails. Even Las Ramblas, the most touristic place in the city, has the excellent and ancient boadas, which manages to stay hidden from the average thirsty visitor, veiled behind its tiny little red door. Hemingway loved his daiquiris here, and the staff still mix it in perfectly pressed tuxedos, just as they did back in 1933 when this place first opened. Hemingway also has a hidden basement cocktail bar named after him on Muntaner in the Echample. It'll be quieter, and it has a little terrace, too. The author famously said of Barcelona, There is no nightlife in Spain. They stay up late, but they get up late. That is not nightlife. That is delaying the day. Call it what you will, Ernie. Call it what you will. To wake in the morning in Barcelona with resaca or with a hangover is a pleasure more so here than anywhere else we can think of. Head pounding and legs weary, it's a good idea to wander or cycle down to the beach as early as you can muster. The greatest thing about the city is that you're never really more than 20 minutes from the sea. Go either side of Barceloneta, north or south, to avoid the crowds. Walk down to the shore, take off all of your clothes, and get in the sea. And when you're feeling alive again, we know a pretty good place for breakfast. Thanks for listening to the Eat Here episode for Barcelona. We hope you enjoyed this feast and that it shines a light on some incredible experiences for you in the city. Remember to check out the other episodes in this guide for deeper dives into Barcelona, including its architecture, its football team, and an amazing Costa Brava road trip. 
Whether you're heading to Barcelona right now, sometime in the near future, or just like to learn all about a place we truly love, you'll get instant access to the full guide plus new episodes on a regular basis when you subscribe to Circa. Maybe you'll want to check out the guides for London, LA, Rome, Paris, Mexico City, and many, many more, and many more to come. For access to everything that comes along with a Circa subscription, be sure to download the Circa app. Circa, love the world you live in and we'll help you explore it.